I'm very fortunate that my wife, Ruth, is an enthusiastic gardener. And in the back garden, we have a, a lovely little compact uh, border of, of alpine plants. Uh, and not only are they, uh, the flowers attractive, uh, campanula, gentians, others, we, we also have covering the soil in this little uh, past patch smooth stones that we've gathered from beaches around the coast of Ireland, Spain, Croatia, even some from as far away as the shores of Lake Malawi. And as you look at the stones there together, some of them are different colors. Some are different types of rock. But all of them make a a lovely covering for the flower bed. There's no real relationship between a lot of them in a sense, but together uh, there's something beautiful. Now when you come to the book of Proverbs, particularly uh, after chapter 9, those of you who have been reading it will know that you've You've, you've got a whole lot of sayings. And one verse is not necessarily related to the verse next to it or the one before it. You have sayings maybe about greed, uh, family relationships, uh, gossip. All sorts of topics are there, all sitting side by side. And of course, that makes it very difficult whenever uh, we come to uh, study the book of Proverbs because uh, you don't have a a full chapter about one thing and then the next full chapter about something else. The material is scattered uh, throughout the chapters. And you need, as we might do with the stones from time to time, pick up a stone uh, and look at it, remember where it's come and appreciate it from and appreciate its beauty. So... uh, from time to time, we can, we can pick up a proverb, as it were, and ponder it and, and think of its meaning and what it has to say to us. But one or two uh, health warnings, perhaps, need to be given before we think uh, about the book of Proverbs. First of all, like any collection of proverbs, You can get proverbs that seemingly contradict one another. For instance, in our uh, culture we say, don't we, too many cooks spoil the broth, and you know the opposite. Many hands make light work. Sometimes one is what needs to be applied to our lives. Sometimes the other is the one that's saying something to us about how we live. And you've got to be careful about that. Whenever you're picking a a proverb and looking at it, you can't absolutize that proverb. You can't uh, build everything on it without checking what do other proverbs say and what is the overall teaching of Scripture. You know, what you have really in the Bible, you have... In the uh, Ten Commandments in particular, you've you've principles for life. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not 
kill, thou shalt not commit adultery. You've got uh, honor your father and your mother. These are the life principles, the, the, the broad guidelines about human behavior. And then in the book of Proverbs, you have uh, pithy sayings, nitty-gritty sayings, sayings that try to uh, enliven your mind and uh, provoke your thought and indeed that hold up a mirror to you and say, is, is this you? So whenever we look at the book of Proverbs, we see it fitting into a context. We see it, sitting in, we see it fitting into this uh, overall picture of what the New Testament, what the what the Bible teaches, the Old Testament in particular. So we've got to be careful about that. We can't just pick a proverb and take it as an absolute thing and ignore what's taught anywhere else. We we, we need to remember that. The other thing, those of you who have been following what Christoph asked you to do, Christoph suggested that we read a chapter a day of Proverbs. Some of you will have noticed that uh, perhaps uh, the type of picture you're getting is uh, uh, of uh, uh, the, especially in some of those early chapters, the, the, the innocent male being entrapped by the scheming female. I don't know if you, if you uh, noticed that or not. What you have here really is I suppose, uh, writings at a time whenever women were very much uh, second-class citizens, whenever there was that uh, tendency to, to blame the female, there may well have been the, uh, the male's misbehavior, a cultural thing that you may still find in countries like Saudi Arabia today. So we've got to realize that we, we are seeing things in, in a context and at a time whenever society had a certain pattern and, uh, and be, people behaved and thought in a certain way. We know, of course, Jesus uh, led beyond that, and we have uh, in the New Testament a, a very different picture where uh, male and female are much more treated equally, and uh, indeed they're that picture of neither male nor female, we are all one in Christ. So with those thoughts in mind that we've got to compare uh, Scripture with Scripture, and we've got to always uh, think in terms of what, the, uh, what is uh, of the time and what is the, the principle behind what's being taught. With those thoughts in mind, we can uh, think a little bit about today's topic, wise up about the family. Now, the family, we have to start there, perhaps, because today the word family means many different things. Uh, Families are complex. In fact, uh, in the most recent British government statistics, uh, they list uh, 26 million 
households in the United Kingdom. One in four of those households is a one-parent family with uh, dependent children. One in three is a single person living alone. And we have all sorts of other combinations, unrelated people living together, several generational families. Families are complex, but then they, they always have been. Think of Jacob and his family. Abraham, even Solomon's family became very complex as his life progressed and he took on board more wives from other lands. What we've got to do when we're looking at the book of Proverbs is is to try to see how the proverb applies to us. Now, for instance, if it's a proverb about, uh, uh, like those early chapters that some of you have been reading about uh, a young man being entrapped by a scheming woman. What are the principles behind that? How does this apply to people who are not young men? The truths are there. The principles are there. Be careful in casual relationships. Don't be... Don't be led astray by flattering words. Be careful about sexual entrapment. Whatever your age, sex, or marital status, there are principles that can apply. All of Scripture has got a relevance for all of us, even if the people addressed seem to be a a different group from ourselves. And we've got, as we meditate, as we, as we take one of these uh, uh, smooth stones of the parables and look at it, we've got to say, well, now, how does this apply in my situation, although it may be very different from what uh, was addressed initially? And then, let me say something, and uh, I have to speak briefly this morning. One of the troubles uh, with the... Uh, a book like a book of Proverbs and the number of sayings in it is that you could spend all day on the one theme. But basically, uh, two things I'll I'll say something about because they're dominant themes uh, in the book of Proverbs. First, uh, and with regard to the family, first of all, you've got parents and their children And secondly, children and their parents. And we look briefly at at, at both of these. Parents and their children. Many of us, I'm sure, were disgusted with all the goings on at the bottom of the Newtonards Road uh, just over a week ago, the bonfire at Cobham Street. And we had uh, uh, trouble towards the end of the week before the 11th night. And we had the uh, 
Jim Rogers, the the counsellor coming and telling us that somebody had to speak to these children about building this uh, ridiculous bonfire. And then, of course, we had uh, one of the local MLAs uh, telling us, uh, Sandra Copeland, I think her name was, telling us, oh, there's plenty of time before the weekend to talk to people. And uh, then, of course, people did talk to people, but the, uh, the people in charge of the, the, the bonfire, the young people said, oh, well, we, uh, we'll put 700 more pallets on the pyre. They, 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 they disregarded those they, uh, that spoke to them. So that at the end of the uh, celebration, we had our MP telling us that these people would listen to nobody, community workers, parents, uh, political leaders, police, fire, nobody else. What we saw there was children, young people, who were being allowed to develop a certain pattern of life, train a child up in the way that they should go, and that's how they will remain. This is what the the writer of Proverbs said. And instead of people being trained to accept authority, to listen to parents. We had people who were, who were being shown that they could do what they like without any regard for local people's wishes, damage to property, or anything else. That's how they are being trained by the lack of discipline in society. And if that's what they are now, that's what they'll end up trouble for themselves and trouble for society. It's important that we take the the teaching of Proverbs seriously, that we need to be training up a child in the ways of God at the beginning of things so that they will indeed develop in a way that sustains them and leads them through all of life. And of course, that's what we are trying to do. Those of you who are parents, that's what you're trying to do. Those of us who are not parents of small children, perhaps at the moment, every time there's a baptism here, don't we look at the screen and make a promise to assist those parents in the fulfillment of their responsibilities and vows. All of us are required to seek to lead children in the ways of the Lord so that they may end up following him and uh, doing his will. We have our responsibility, each one of us, the Proverbs that you read there and you've been reading as you've been following the pattern of Christoph's suggestion, if you've been doing that, all of these are suggesting to you, you need to be walking in this way. All of us whether we do it directly as parents or indirectly by by supporting and giving funds and encouragement to Sunday school, to youth organizations, to, to, to things that are actually helping build up our young people. All of us have our responsibility in this direction. But let me say one other word that disturbs and causes some parents difficulty, I know, from, from talking to some of you. And that's 
the verses in Proverbs, and there are several of them that say, spare the rod and spoil the child. There, there are several verses there that are very, what should we say, uh, encouraging uh, physical violence in, in, uh, in discipline. How do we understand them? We know that traditionally these verses have been used by people who have been quite firm in their discipline. In fact, you know, when I graduated from Queen's University in 1960, a long time ago, my first job was as a teacher in Kelvin Secondary School in Roden Street, up the Donegal Road. And we had some very tough boys and girls there. And uh, the only advice I got about uh, teaching uh, and controlling and guiding these people was I I was told to go to a shop at the bottom of Bedford Street, run by a blind organization, and to buy a cane and to hang the cane up beside the blackboard at the front. And that was the era Whenever you caned somebody if they didn't learn their spellings, you caned somebody if they didn't bring their PE kit, you, you, you caned somebody for fooling about in the playground, spare the rod and spoil the child was very much the, the philosophy of teaching in that place and at that time. And of course, when you looked at it later, All it produced, I think, was uh, resentment, lack of interest in education, and the occasional threat from some wee boy that he'd bring his father up to deal with you. Where do we take these verses? I think, again, you look at them in terms of the culture and the context. These verses were written in a context and a culture where people were quite severe in physical punishment, the type of thing you see in Saudi Arabia today. This is a culture that is quite similar to what those people at Solomon's time were working in. And what you've got to realize is the important thing, again, is what we said earlier on, What is the principle behind the proverb? The method may be culturally uh, conditioned, but the principle is eternally relevant. And the principle is be firm in training up a child. Be firm, and whatever way is appropriate to be firm and fair in your culture, that's what you should be doing. And above all, of course, we want to think of how this and how we behave and how people perceive how we behave, including how our children perceive how we behave, how this uh, fits in with the teaching of Jesus Christ in particular. Discipline, to take it in its literal sense and to think that we can just simply copy what another culture did does 
stoning people to death for adultery, all the things that you'll read there in different parts of the Old Testament. We remember the principle, and we seek to apply it. And the principle is to train up a child in the, way, in the ways of God, using what is appropriate and in line with Scripture and in line with the overall teaching of Scripture and, above all, with the teaching of Jesus Christ. Now, let me say a word about the other side of the coin, children and parents. In the Proverbs, you will have noticed many verses talking to the uh, young people that the proverb was aimed at, suggesting that we have a responsibility to show love and respect for our parents, that we listen to them. You know, it doesn't matter whether your parent is a Christian or not a Christian. It doesn't matter if your parent is young or old. It doesn't matter if your, if your parent is a awkward or accommodating. The principle of Scripture is honor your father and your mother. Isn't that right? That's the basic principle. And so we are called, and the book of Proverbs gives you many, many sayings that indicate the importance and the necessity of showing respect, especially in old age, to a parent, to a father, to a mother. It's so easy in our modern world for those of us who are quite busy to forget that. I'll just use uh, two examples of active Christians that I know to illustrate this point. I know a lady who lives in the south of the province who is very active in all sorts of outreach programs and evangelism. She is moving about over the province all the time. She's the only daughter of a mother who's quite old. She passes her mother's house regularly, but usually passes it. She's too busy to visit her, and the poor old lady is quite lonely and distressed. Another person I'll mention to you, and this time I can mention the name because you'll know the person, uh, Brian McWhinney, somebody who was at Inst with me, who became a minister in John Major's government, in a very active political career. His mother died about two or three years ago. He took his mother over to Peterborough, where he lived. And while he was in Britain, and if he was anywhere near, every day he made a purpose point of trying to see his mother. Now, those are two extremes. Practically never every day. I don't know where we fit in the, in the spectrum of, uh, of, of responsibility, but the Bible certainly makes it clear, and we have got to work out the implications for ourselves Honor your father and mother. 
a major message of the book of Proverbs is that we have a responsibility to listen to, to make our lives such that our parents can be proud of us, and we have that responsibility to care for them. Where are we in that spectrum? Proverbs has many things to say, and it's up to us as we reflect and as we read these chapters and as we read these verses, as as we've been asked during the summer months, to ask ourselves, even if a verse does not seem to apply to us, what's the truth behind this verse? In particular, we're thinking of family today. What's the truth behind this human relationship business here? And what should I be doing to fulfill the principles that are being taught in Scripture. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for your Word that teaches us. We thank you for the Proverbs that stimulate us and Encourage us to think more deeply and freshly about our own behavior. Help us, Lord, to honor those whom we ought to honor. To discipline and discipline with love those whom we ought to discipline. To support all those who struggle sometimes with responsibilities within the family, that we as a congregation here may not only be a family of faith, but may be a people who show love and support and care and put into practice those things that you command. And all of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.